teach a dumb bitch, I'm gonna get millions. Watch this. In the project living, Damn. spoke it till existence. Voila. More change than 50, got more cars than Diddy. Oh I only weigh 180, but my watch cost 250. What Slam. is up, realists? This is your fucking show. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of our culture and society, and welcome to motherfucking reality. I'm Andy Frisella. I'm here with my co-host, Vaughn, the pastor of disaster. You know him as the world's most interesting man, I think, sometimes. Sometimes. What else do do we know you as? I don't know. You know, you know, back in the day when the, the you know, spiritual guru the, for all those who are committed to excellence. Hey, there we go. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. The, the, right now, I think on the impaler <laughs> depends on who's asking. Hey, how about this one? The minister of mistletoe. I like it because it's Christmas time. It is. Yeah, because these names they have to be seasonally appropriate. Yes, and right? good, good things happen under mistletoe. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever experienced yeah. that. You've literally it's never, like, you've mi- never kissed anybody under mistletoe? No, man. It's you know, when you're like me, it's kinda like mistletoe all the time. Well you know what I'm saying? True. So girls, like it really doesn't make a difference. Girls just walk around carrying mistletoe in the hopes well, you know, dashed hopes, of course. Yeah. But well, I mean, yeah. you know, it comes with the territory. Yeah, Not everybody it. can be, you a know, two hundred and sixty pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. That's true. You know? That's true. Not everybody does that. But I get it, you know, for for the you the mortals, mistletoe is an appropriate uh thing. <laughs> it gives us so an excuse. Let's just roll know? with that today. Yeah. You're the minister of mistletoe. Yeah. Speaking of which, because we're talking about Christmas, when's the the last time you got something for Christmas that just blew your mind? Like literally. Cause I mean, you're a guy, you've been successful, you've got a lot of, you know, you know, man. You got a lot of means. So yeah. I'm thinking that the best gift you ever got was probably something you got when you were little. Dude, you know what, man? Uh like it's weird because like today, you know, today it is different, right? Because when you get to a point where you can do kind of whatever you want to do, yeah, um, you really start to learn to appreciate things that mean things. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm fortunate enough to get that s- so much. Like I, I get it so much that I, I, I feel bad saying this, but sometimes I take it for granted. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I um, get it. But those letters and the things that people send me, like the little things, especially like. Um, a lot of guys will send me like um, if they're in the teams or something, they'll send me like their team coin or something like that. Um, I like that. Those things mean something, man. You yeah, know what man. I mean? But so it's not necessarily a Christmas thing, but uh, I would, man, I don't know. Like what'd you play with? That's what, when I was a kid. Other than yourself. Oh yeah. Well, I, I'm an expert Put at that. <laughs> Trust me. Listen, I can write a book about that, brother. Uh, nobody does me like me. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing, dude. Um, dude, when I was a kid, I liked G.I. Joe. I love G.I. Joe. Um, and not we, we didn't have the big ones like you had when you were a kid. Like, no, dude, you know, I wasn't born ones. in 1940. Motherfucker. <laughs> I know you had the, the two-foot-tall ones. Yeah, no, I, I had, had the, the medium figures, ones man. that are like, I don't know, Four inches tall or six yeah. inches tall, whatever the fuck they are. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm just teasing. You're not no, that old. No, but honestly, though, you and I both play with G.I. Joes in the golden years. Because, yeah. man, early 90s, they started getting weird. They started getting, like, really politically Oh, correct. dude, no. I had, they had like, like e- G.I. Joe eco-warriors. Like, yeah. what the heck? No, I had no. the dudes that, like, killed other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I remember, like, I had, like, um, Snake Eyes, and I had uh, Wild Bill. Yep. And then I had Monkey Ranch. Monkey Ranch was my favorite dude. Yep. Yeah. Um, that, you know, and, and do what I would do at Christmas. So we had this, uh, this train set around our tree 
uh, an LGB train, which is a G scale train. It's a big train. It's like the size. The cars are big. Yeah. Um, they're not like the little HO trains. And yeah, my, yeah. one of my, I don't know where it came from. It came from one of my dad's friends. HO wasn't your favorite. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, dude. The uh, the LGB train. So I had this train set, and I would like put my G.I. Joe characters on the train, right? And then run the train, and I would create, like, these little battle scenes of these dudes riding the train, and you know <laughs> what I'm awesome. saying? Like, yeah, I'd make man. them hang off the train. And then in, in the summertime, when it was fireworks season, I, like, taped uh, bottle rockets to their back and made them fucking jetpacks and oh, shit. Yeah. Like, that was the shit, man. Yeah. I, I don't know if you remember this, but on the back of a G.I. Joe uh, action figure, there was, like, a little screw, and you could actually unscrew it, Taking them apart. That's what we used to do. We used to take the guys apart, oh, and we yeah. would we would combine them with other guys and create our own. You can characters. do that. Yeah, man, it was awesome. I didn't know. I, see, yeah. I never knew that. I just blew yeah. them up. Yeah, well, blow, yeah. I I used to blow up army men. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was fun. Yeah, but Dude, uh, but th- I think that was the coolest. Those were always cool, man. Like I remember getting um. When I was a kid, I remember getting uh, uh, like one of their vehicles. It was called a Havoc. Dude, I know exactly what happened. All right, I guess. all right. Yeah. So I, I got it. one of those. Yeah, it was the shit, dude. Yeah, like, that That's, was the coolest. That, that thing was ever. like the black tank. Yeah, right? it was like the. Yeah. It was like a tank, but not really a tank. But yeah, yeah, man. I mean, nothing replaces that. Kind I of don't stuff. even know what. I, honestly, I'm so out of it. I mean, I've got three little kids, all under the age of six, so they're not really, they're not really playing with like popular toys yet. You know, yeah, they're still young enough to where they're playing with pretty standard stuff like yeah. dolls and stuff. So I don't even know what's popular these days. Like I don't know if, what your nephew nephew plays with, like Enzo. Oh, well, he's, he's pretty. He's pretty little. He's little. like just like me yeah. and Sal were. Um, I just bought him uh, the same LGB train that we had because Sal posted on his snap oh, that's uh, awesome. that he, they had a piece of shit train. So I went on Amazon when I was fucked up and ordered like two thousand dollars worth <laughs> of fucking train shit. So that should be showing up here any day. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh man. It, but I felt like a kid buying it, bro. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was the one I wanted. That was the one I wanted. Oh, I wanted that one. And now this little fucker's going to have all the shit that, yeah. that I wanted. So hopefully we don't spoil them too I feel bad. like, not to get off on this tangent, but I do feel like so many toys these days are digital. Like, they're, they're video games. I mean, obviously, we play video games. So there's nothing wrong with video games. But I feel like kids don't play... Like, they don't play ARMY. You used to play army? No, that's not cool army. anymore. You can't no. do that. No. So you if you do you that, dude, they send you home from school. They call dude, the fucking police. You used to be able to go into Walmart for some of you young bucks out there that don't know this. You used to be able to go to Walmart and you could get a plastic M16 that looked exactly Bro. like an or an AK47. Bro, that was like the shit that I wanted all the time. Those were you kind of gentler days. Like now they don't it's not you can't do that shit no more. No. You know you you no. fucking if you did half the shit that I did when I was a kid, you you they would call the fucking police. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I, yeah. and we didn't do anything illegal. No, like the world is fucked up. You yeah. know, and like I get it, dude. You don't want your kid running around. Yeah, learning how to kill other people. But fuck, man, let's keep shit like at least somewhat. Boys are boys. Yeah. And and you and I both are big supporters of the police department and you know law enforcement. I understand also why they went to, you know, they started making the, those toys to where there was something about the toy that made it clear that it was a toy. Like it had a big red, you know, stopper at the, yeah, at you the know, because right, right, what right. happened back in the 80s is, yeah. is you know, you had little kids with toys and police cop- officers thought they were real guns. That's right. You know? I get so, that. So that makes sense. No, no, I get That's it. That's reasonable. I get it. But I mean, dude, it's just crazy. 
it's crazy to think how, in my opinion, how overcorrected we are now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, yeah, okay. Hyper. I get it. Like, you probably shouldn't have BB gun wars when you're fucking nine years old like we did. Like, we actually shot each other with BB guns. You know? Like, not fucking airsoft guns. Yeah. Like, you, you fucking kids out there wearing all that armor and shit with airsoft, you're a bunch of pussies. Yeah. We shot each other with fucking so BB guns. True. You know what I'm saying? It's so true. Don't do that, by the way. I'm yeah. not condoning that. Yeah, no. Like, I'm extremely did. I'm extremely lucky that I have both eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh... But that's the stuff we did. Yeah. You know, we were wild little kids. Well, speaking of guns, which is, of course, a very controversial topic, but speaking of guns, you me. and I both recently- Not to normal motherfuckers. Well, not to normal. That have yeah, a fucking brain. Yeah, that's true. But you and I both recently watched a movie that had quite a bit of guns in it, uh, but that really wasn't the focal point of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I, you were actually the one that told me about the movie. Yeah. Um, and it- it blew me away, dude. Talk about the Irishman. The Irishman. Dude. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Dude. I, I, I'll tell you this. I'm not big on, like, the Netflix original things. Like, I've watched a couple, and I'm like, oh, they're, they're decent. That that one, that, that, is this your first podcast there, buddy? It's <laughs> <laughs> his first fucking rodeo. Tyler's over there watching TikTok. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway... Uh, I completely forgot what the fuck I was going to no, say. No, you were talking about you're not used to watching. Uh, you, you're not necessarily big on the Netflix original uh, movies. Oh yeah, no, said. I you know they're okay, they're good. Yeah. But man, that that one, dude, come on, De Niro, Pacino, yeah. fucking uh, uh, Scorsese, Pessy. You know, like dude, it is, and it's good. Like yeah. I I I told you, and I stand by this. I think it's the best um, movie that they've. Like out of the casino and the Goodfellas and all these other movies, and a lot of people are going to get pissed when I say this, but I think that's the best one. No, it's it's great, yeah. and uh, I guess you know we'll do our best not to not to reveal too much in terms of spoilers. Although, but if you got Netflix, go yeah, watch that. You got to watch it's it. Really good. And, and just to give you kind of a, a quick rundown, I mean it's it's a combination of historical events and speculation. So Scorsese makes it clear that he says you know these are based on historical events. Yeah, but, but there's. Areas we took liberties, we kind of speculated about right. what might happen. Right. But uh, the movie center, centers around Frank Sheeran, who's played by uh, Robert De Niro, and and uh, he's the actual Irishman. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Frank Sheeran, Sheeran uh, was an actual historical figure. He was a mafia hitman. He was also involved in the, uh, like he was really uh, involved in the Teamsters and the unions back in the '60s, but. And I don't, I don't profess to know everything about this, but I think back in the '60s there was some, there was some sort of connection between those two at different points, um, where there was, you know, mobs were involved in Teamsters and Teamsters were involved in mobs. That that's not to say everybody involved in the union was was part of the mob. But anyway, the the uh, the movie is basically about Frank Sheeran's life, and it follows his relationship with with um, Russ Buffalino, who was from a crime family in the '60s. And of course, the the major figure and and Buffalino is played by Joe Pesci, just brilliantly, dude. Yeah, just brilliantly. Yeah. And uh, and Pesci actually retired, and he was done. Like he yeah. walked away. And uh, dude, it's sco- totally different than his like typical role too. Yeah. Like when I think of Pesci, I think of like how he, in Casino he was just like this fucking wild animal. Yeah. Like he and 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 this in this this movie we're talking about. Look, dude, and if you don't want it fucking spoiled, you should probably go watch the movie yeah, and come back and listen. Yeah, go watch it and come back and listen to this. Because we're going to talk about it, because yeah. there's some good stuff in it. But, um, dude, he just killed that role. Yeah, he I did. mean, he like, did. he makes you, like, you know, he, he makes you, like, 
scared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in not in a like, not in an aggressive way. No, absolutely. Yeah. I was just telling this to a friend. He is such a brilliant actor that he literally somehow perfectly combined the gentle grandfather with the guy that you don't mess with or you're going to end up six feet under. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was just, I mean, the, some of the expressions on his face. Yeah. But the other major character in the movie, and, and a huge part of the movie, is Jimmy Hoffa, played by Al Pacino. And again, for those who know uh, about Jimmy Hoffa, he was a labor leader, like probably the, one of the most powerful and influential people, uh, men in the 60s and the 70s, and um, he disappeared. And the movie kind of speculates as the to why. 50s and 60s. I Was believe. it 50s and yeah. 60s? Yeah, yeah, 50s and 60s. But uh, anyway, so what we thought we'd do is, is uh, well, let me just, like, let's start just generally. Like, tell me, tell me your general thoughts about what you liked about the movie. Just themes or ideas or... or- Look, man, you know, <clears throat> that was an era when business was done on honor and respect. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that concept. You know, there was a time where there wasn't all these lawsuits and people saying, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna blow you up on social media if they don't like you. Like, that's just not how shit was handled back right. then. You know, if you fucked with someone, you got dealt with. Right. That was reality. Um, and that, that was the way it was up until even in the 80s, you know, where right. it was pretty consistent, uh, at least around here in St. Louis. I know that was the truth. Um, you don't promise in a handshake. That's right. And if you fucking violate it, you're in trouble. Yeah. And what's really interesting to me about that is that, you know, because I know. I'm not saying you get killed, but I'm saying like you might end up with a baseball bat to your fucking dome in in your garage uh, when you're not expecting it. You know what I mean? No, I I totally. I I think. And again, you know, it's it's obviously clearly we're not glorifying the mob or, or organized crime. But I think what's really interesting about this movie and the, and the culture that it portrays is that you have people doing some pretty horrible things, but there is sort of a code that you don't break, you know, a code of honor that you don't break. Mm-hmm. Like there's an integrity involved, keeping your promises, um, you know, handshake, that sort of thing, uh, being honest with each other. So it's kind of weird because, you know, you think about the different things that, you know, like organized crime or you think about even even in some of the gangs, mm-hmm. Even in in the middle of all of that stuff that we would not agree with, there's some sort of note of honor, and it's really fascinating to me, dude. I, it's just it's a fascinating aspect of, of human life, you know, that you could have a bunch of people who are otherwise doing things. Well, not everything that they well, were I doing think, was bad, I, dude. I think it's biblical if you want to really talk about it, because yeah. what it is is you know, and people are going to be like, "What the fuck do you talk?" Let me let me fucking explain here, Jesus, before I start <laughs> before you start getting pissed off. All right, look. You call me Jesus? No, I'm talking to everybody right. else who's going to be. Like, <laughs> all right, this ain't this ain't that kind of podcast. I don't right. really give a fuck what you think. Right. That was the old show. Yeah, okay. Right. Um, <clears throat> so it's biblical, dude. Right. You have a set of standards. You have a code that you live by, and when you violate that code, bad things happen to you. That is the essence of the Bible, right? You li- uh, wait. Listen. It's an ideal, it's a set of ideals, a set of, of, of beliefs, of rules, so to speak, yeah. that are imposed upon a certain culture to maintain order. That is essentially what the mob is. It's the same thing, okay? Now, people are going to say, well, why the fuck are you comparing the Bible to the mob? I'm not comparing them, I'm saying they're structured similarly. Right, right. right? So we're talking about, you know, a code that is 
enforced by the threat of bad shit, and it keeps people aligned. That's the that's society. The reason we have so much disorder in society right now is because there's no fucking fear that bad shit's going to happen. You know, when we get someone who commits one of these school shootings or one of these mass murders, the motherfucker may not even go to fucking death row. You know what I'm saying? Dude, if you want order, man, you got to fucking take that motherfucker. You got to make sure he's the right motherfucker. But when you know that he is, you got film of this dude pulling the trigger or whatever he did. That dude should be executed in like 30 days. Right. You know, right. Due, due process, make sure it's the right guy. DNA evidence says it's right. Physical evidence says it's right. Witnesses, blah, blah, blah. I understand there's exceptions. I understand there's exceptions. But if you've got hard proof that someone did something, they need to be made an example of so that the rest of the people don't think that they're... Because what's happening now is people think that if they get caught doing something... That it's the worst that's going to happen to them is they're going to go to some country club bullshit prison and, you know, live out their days. That's not enough fear to keep people in check. That's the truth. You know, do-gooders want to argue this shit and say, oh, well, what if he did this? Or and he was abused as a child or he was under duress or he had PT. The motherfucker hurt this person or did that person or did this or that. They need to be dealt with. Right. You know, we fucking argue every day about, oh, how do we stop DWIs? How about this? Put a fucking law in place and you get caught driving drunk, you go to jail for a year. Nobody would drive drunk. And you know what would happen? The cab companies, the economy, and all the shit that supports that lifestyle would fucking thrive. But why don't they do that? Why don't they do it? I know why. Because none of the lawyers will vote for it because they make all their money defending motherfuckers. All right, so this is another, you know, this is what we talked about in the last episode where we have these ideals and these systems in play that don't serve society, but everybody just accepts them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the way things were run back then is a very relevant topic to dive into in terms of how society is run today. You know, you didn't do that shit back then. You didn't fuck with people back then. People mind their own business. They did their own thing. They took care of each other. And if they did do bad shit, guess what happened? Bad shit happened to them. But we don't have that now. You, kids get in a fist fight in a fucking school parking lot and they call the fucking cops. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm not some violent fucking savage, but like, you got to have a way to keep people in check. And right now, they're not in check, they're going fucking crazy. You got all these criminals running around doing crazy ass shit because there's no fucking fear of what's going to happen to them whenever they get caught. That's the truth. Because you have all these fucking ultra fucking super liberal motherfuckers who are like sympathizing with people that don't deserve it. And before you raise your voice and say, oh, you're fucked up, dude, I'm a victim of violent crime. I fucking know what that shit's like. Do you? Probably not. And I'm glad you don't. But I'm going to tell you right now, the dude who fucking stabbed me in the face, he was out, he was, there was charges that were waiting to be pressed on him for him almost killing another man with a baseball bat a few weeks beforehand. What if they had actually fucking enforced those charges and took care of that instead of it being like, oh, well, we're not sure if this is worth blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? 
dude, my life will be, and, and I'm glad they did it because I'm glad it happened. But the point is, there's lots of situations where somebody like me doesn't survive because of somebody like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get it. What I what I hear you saying too, uh, not that this was your main point, but uh, but maybe it was, is that historically we've always been a nation of laws, and we've been a nation where if you do this, this you know this is what's going to result. If you break the law, this is what's going to happen. And I think there's no question. Like, uh, well, particularly in the Old Testament, there's a thing called the lex talionis, which is um, which is basically modern translation would be the the law of reciprocity, which is that if you kill somebody. The equitable justice for that is that that person gets killed. You know, like in other words, you know, the eye for an eye, tooth yeah. for a tooth. Yes. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that that is not a prescription for vengeance. That's a prescription for if you if you take somebody's eye out, the appropriate response is, is you take get their your eye, eye out. Like right, it was meant to be in that original system in the Old Testament. It was meant to be a source of justice. But but there's no question that there there's a spiritual principle. I mean, in, in the, that's reaffirmed in the New Testament, which is whatsoever a man reaps, so also shall he sow. And, right. So there's so, a there's a there's and I, what I think what I feel like you're saying now is that we've gotten to a point where people want to break laws, whether it be legal moral, ethical, whatever, and get out of the consequences. I, I don't know what people want, yeah. but I know this. I know that if you're a criminal and you know that if you fucking carjack someone that and kill them, that there's a chance that you could be dead in 40 days, they fucking stop doing it. Right. People don't want to deal with the consequences of their actions. That's right. And as a society... Well, they don't fear the consequences. Right. They don't fear the consequences. Right, they don't So that's something I can respect about the way they did back then. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Um, well, and on, on that level, though, like I said, it goes back to what we're saying. Like, here you have a—it's just a really complicated thing. You have this, this movie that's portraying these relationships within this org- organized crime syndicate— and they are not—on on many levels, they are not good people, and they are not doing good things. But, man, there is— there, there, there is virtue at different aspects in their relationship, and I, I tell you what, I what I liked, and I'm, I'm curious about what you have to say. Um, the themes that I thought that were really interesting in this movie were the themes of friendship and loyalty. Dude, before you even say that, yeah. I was just thinking. I saw a clip that was forwarded to me by um, a friend of mine who is a New York City cop, one of my best friends sends me a clip of a person, this is a news report, the person had went, this guy had went in to rob a dollar store with a gun, and before he was able to get the money, the clerk, who was legally carrying a weapon, shot and killed this person, okay? Then, on the news, they show this person's family who got killed, and they're saying, he didn't deserve to get killed. He didn't blah, blah, blah. That's the problem I'm talking about with society. Motherfucker, how the fuck can you say that someone who walks into a store, pulls out a gun, sticks it in someone's face, and that person then defends themselves and kills this person is not, didn't get what they deserved. That's exactly what the fuck they deserved. And if you don't think so, you're fucking delusional. I'm just going to say that right now. We cannot have people running around doing this shit, terrorizing regular folks because they feel like it's okay. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Like that is not that, and we have what we have now is we have a situation in our society where the there is a group of people who look at the one exception of the rule, right? Like they'll pull like if you like right now, I can already imagine what they're saying. Well, what about in 1972 when prisoner number four seven seven six seven two five? We found out that we executed him wrongly. Well, you should have done your fucking homework better then. You know what I'm saying? Right. But that doesn't mean that we make the rest of society suffer because we made a mistake back in 1970. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And nobody's saying that it's not a mistake. Everybody's saying it's a tragedy if somebody's wrongly accused. That is is a tragedy. It's a huge tragedy. But it doesn't change. But don't fucking alter the game plan because you made one mistake. Learn from the mistake. Put systems in place to prevent that from happening. I'm pretty fucking sure it doesn't take 15 years for someone to figure out if they actually did these crimes or not. You know what I mean? Let's shorten that 15-year window into maybe it's not 40 days. Maybe it's one year. Maybe it's two years. But let's make it short enough to where when people are pulling a gun out of their pocket to stick it in someone's face, they're aware enough to know, well, this could be the end of my life. In a very short time, if I do this, it would make people behave differently. But we have too many people out there that sympathize with people and somehow justify their behavior because they've had zero taste of this in their sheltered little fucking fairy tale life. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. We got Susie, Susie Homemaker, who's been raised in white upper middle class America who has never experienced any real hardship or had any run-ins with anything real out in the fucking street picketing for this motherfucker's rights. No, fuck you. That dude don't have no rights. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel. But then again, what do I know? I'm only the victim of a fucking attempted murder. You know what I'm saying? What do I know? So... You no, don't like I, it, I don't care. No, but I, I again, I, I hear what you're saying, and it goes down to we're living in a society that increasingly does not want to be held accountable, whether it's breaking the law or, you know. It's entitlement, bro. Right. It's, it's entitlement. entitlement. It's entitlement. Yeah. I deserve to have this sort of life because I was born. Right. Which is the absolute fucking nonsense. Right. Some people are so entitled, they don't even know they're entitled. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like right. they're so entitled, they're they're ignorant. Like I get all these people all the time who are hitting me up and they're saying, "Yeah, fuck these these uh these kids. They're so entitled. The millennials are so No, it's not just the millennials. Where do you think they got that from?" Right. They got it from you, motherfucker. Right. They didn't just come up with that idea. They watched you. Right. Y- you know, a lot of the people pointing their finger at millennials should be pointing the finger at themselves. Who raised them? Who set that example? Dude, that's a great point. And it's not in, I mean, you and I are getting a little older. It's not just, I think millennials are getting Speak older. For yourself, it's, it's, bro. I'm just saying, it's not, I think the millennials are actually starting to be the generation that's getting older. I don't know what they call the kids in high school these days. I think it's, I think it's generation Y. But the point is, is that, yes, you're right. The dirty we're little secret. We're going to call them the fucking realist because that's what we're going to make them. That's right. We're going to, generation real. But, um, but. Ooh, that's, I like that. You like that? Generation R. Generation R, yeah. yeah. Um, but really, the 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 dirty little secret that nobody wants to talk about. Everybody's so down on these kids. Well, who raised them? Who raised them? But that's the entitlement in yeah. itself. And listen, I'm a, I'm a 
Do you, a, do you understand what I'm saying? No, I get it. Yeah. But, and this is what I would say. Like, I'm a parent. I'm not about to, you know, I'm not quick to judge. Parenting's hard, and, and I'm not quick to judge other parents. But I will say this. Both as a parent and as a guy that, that worked with kids for like 10 years as a youth pastor, are there, are there good parents that end up having really crappy kids? Yeah, it happens. Are there kids that end up being really great even though they had really crappy parents? Yeah, it happens. But by and large... <laughs> good parents produce good kids. It's, By and large. Dude, look, you could I mean I totally agree. Yeah. And Vaughn, you can break every fucking thing down to general math, if if, if we're being honest. Like right. if you raise your, if you do certain things with your kids, your kids will s- turn out a certain way. Right. If you do certain things in your career, your career will turn out a certain way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the problem is people live in the uh anomaly zone so to speak, right? right. Like, they, they, they take the one circumstance or the one situation where things, like, for example, I run into this all the time because of the entrepreneur um, fucking whatever you want to call what I've done for the last five years, space. Like, I call it the fucking, the, the circus, <laughs> okay? Doing the circus, I've sort of learned a few things about people. And one of the things I see that people do the most when it comes to financial success is they will point at that one situation where, like, like the person did everything right. They, they grinded out. They, they did this. They did that. And things still didn't work out. Right. And they'll point to that anomaly and say, well, what about that guy? Well, here's my argument to that. You don't know the whole fucking story. Because I can tell you because I... Outside of maybe like Tony Robbins and maybe Gary Vee, maybe, I've, I've, I've talked to more successful people than probably most people on the fucking planet. So I have a good reference of what the mentality is. And I can tell you, this mentality of pointing at the anomaly as if it's the actual truth is a terrible disease that infects people. Absolutely. They look at, you know, the one situation... Where, oh, that guy did everything right and his life still sucked. <laughs> and then what they do, they do they do that to justify their own lack of action and their own thoughts and their own drive and their own unwillingness to do the actual work, right? So, because if they admitted that, okay, that's an anomaly, that means they have to admit that the reason they are where they are is just because they didn't do what they were, what they were supposed to do, right. which is a painful thing to do, right? Absolutely. What you're talking about is, is, uh, is a... A tried and true principle in the history of the American political scene up until recently, which is that all the major philosophers, all the major political theorists always said exceptions make bad policy. You don't make policy based on the exceptions. And most you never do. <clears throat> most American people, and I can't speak for the people around the globe, but I'm saying most American people do that with their lives. Oh, absolutely. They make policy around the exceptions. Right. With their lives. But don't you think, Andy, we do this, I mean, people who don't really take time to think, we do this all the time in our own lives. Like, we might, let's say, let's say you meet somebody, and it's the only, it's the only person from Poland you've ever met in your life, and that person ends up being a total jerk. Well, then you go around saying, man, all Polish people, all Polish people suck. I'll give you a real life example. What's the reputation of French people? Uh, Snooty. The rude. Yeah. 
Dude, I've been to France like 10 times. I think they're some of the coolest motherfuckers I ever met. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's like, exactly. Like, but dude, I don't buy into people's rules about things. I right. like to experience things on my own. So like when when someone says, oh, dude, when, first of all, they're going to tell you two, every time you go to France, they're going to tell you two fucking things. They're going to tell you, one, the people are snotty and rude. <laughs> and then they're going to say, two, the girls have long armpit hair. <laughs> they're going to say those things. The girls don't have good hygiene. Well, I can tell you that both those things are fucking lies. Yeah. Okay? If I had accepted that, which is the stigma around France and their culture, I wouldn't have enjoyed myself the way I did every time I went there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, And totally. how many people miss out on their life because of bullshit that Joey and Tony and Bobby from the old neighborhood tell them about life when those three motherfuckers don't know shit? You know what I mean? I totally agree. And I, 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 the, no, our whole American life these days is built on exceptions. You take an example. I mean, here's an ex- another example. You take an example of, let's say, a, a, a college football player who basically is a good kid, consistently day in and day out, lives his life completely appropriately. Oh, but then they find out that at some point during his eighth grade year, he used a racial slur on Twitter. That's the exception, not not the not the 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 consistent uh, tenor of his life. Right. And yet, what do people do? They fucking destroy. They him. destroy him. Yeah. They use the exception basically like, to draw. Like, like none of the motherfuckers who fucking are out there destroying him have ever done anything that they regret right. at fucking twelve years old. Right. But that's how we. That's how now we. I'm bet. not excusing people's ignorance, obviously, but no, let's no. be fucking real. No, no. Every motherfucker listening right now, all of you, have said shit in private that you would not say in public. Oh, all of you have. Absolutely. Because you know that you would be destroyed for it. I ne- I've never jumped on someone's bandwagon to tear someone down, no matter what the fuck they did, because I know that, you know what? I'd be a hypocrite if I did that, because I've done shit when I was younger that I was embarrassed of. I've done shit when I'm older that I was embarrassed of. Everybody does shit they're embarrassed of. And sometimes it's things that you don't like and don't understand. But what you should understand is that, dude, everybody's growing. Everybody's learning. And if you want people to actually get better, stop trying to destroy them for every fucking mistake they make. Like, dude, I cannot stand these motherfuckers on social media who make a name for themselves by just calling everybody out. Like, oh, I'm going to call it good. Fucking do it. I don't care. Oh, I'm going to call you out. That's the weakest <laughs> shit I've ever fucking heard in my life. And by the way, when you do that shit, let me tell you something. Eventually, someone's going to do it to you, and it's going to be a thousand times worse. Absolutely. So just remember that before you do it. People, Absolutely. Dude, you know, I believe that karma is a real thing. I'm not a Buddhist or, you know, anything like that. But I have seen in my life too much evidence to believe that it doesn't exist good things generally happen to good people this is exactly what i was talking about a minute ago if you do good generally good happens you may not be a super billionaire and you may not be but you're gonna have a decent life you know what i'm saying if you do bad your life's gonna suck it's pretty simple i believe that do you believe that yeah, I do. Um, are there exceptions? Yes. Yeah, there are exceptions. I guess, I guess I would tweak that and just say, well, no, no. Let me put it this way: if you live, I mean, one of the reasons that I am a Christian and I believe in the Bible is that I believe that the principles in the Bible work. I mean, you 
treat people with kindness. You you work hard. A lot of the things they talk about in the Ten Commandments. Um, if you follow those, you form a character that ends up contributing to your overall ex- success in life. The only thing I would say, and I'm not trying to be an asterisk hole, is that I do think that the mystery of the universe is sometimes good things happen to crappy people, and sometimes good th- bad things happen to good people. I'm not saying that. Yeah, no, but I but on balance, I agree. I'm not saying that. Bad things don't happen to great people because they do. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying generally people who are good and attempt to do what's right generally have much, much, much less bad happen to them than people who don't do that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think that's true. Yes. Yeah. No no question. I mean, (laughs) yeah, for sure. I mean, again, going back to... Basic principles that not not just in the Bible, but that are generally held by all religions. Basic codes of morality. If you operate like that, again, you form virtue, you form character, and it guides your actions. and And hopefully, you're not you're not creating problems for yourself. You're living life the way that was meant to be lived. You know well, what I'm saying? You just said it, bro. Create problems for yourself. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, and people people do bad things, then problems appear. And then they look at God and they say, why do you hate me? Right. Bro, you, God doesn't hate you. You hate you. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, do a little bit better and a little bit better shit's going to happen. You do a lot better and it's your life isn't going to turn around in one day. Right. We're talking about, but, it, but it, in, in six months or a year, fuck, I've seen it happen. I have seen people completely transform their lives. Right. Dude, I've seen people who were multi-multi-millionaires, kicking ass and everything, not living really that good, lose everything, change their life around, and come back even better. I've seen it over and over. So I can't, you, you could point out all the little exceptions to that that you want to, but you're not going to convince me that karma isn't real. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. Um, so as you're talking, I'm just thinking about going back to the to the movie you know, we talked about how the theme is that your actions have consequences. You're you're held accountable for certain things, and then you and then we sort of transitioned into just this discussion that, you know, the media, popular culture, we want to treat people like if they do something wrong, that just defines them, right? Like we, I use the example right. of the uh, uh, of the kid in the you know the college football team or whatever, but. What I love about this movie is that it really does show that human beings are pretty complex creatures. Like, all of us have a really good quality to ourselves, but I think we all have demons, too. And, and, I, think, and I think that's what I really liked about this movie is that, you know, sometimes when movies were made in the old days... You had the guy with the white hat, you got the black hat. Right, it's very And clear. I definitely believe in right and wrong, and I believe in good and evil. But the reality is is that sometimes the guy with the black hat was just presented in a way that he just wasn't human at all. Right. There was nothing laudable about him. Right. There was nothing uh, uh, valuable about him. And what I love about this movie is that it just shows the complexity of human beings, whereas you have these gangsters, but man, like the scene, some of the scenes where, where Robert De Niro's character has to you know, kill somebody. Yeah. And you could tell, like, he's he's wrestling with it. He didn't want to. It. He right. didn't want to. It was rest, he was wrestling with it. He had guilt on his face. He was wrestling with a conscience. And you know what? T- it's hard to do the right thing sometimes. It is. It's hard to do the right thing sometimes. And and sometimes when people are actively doing the wrong thing, they know it. Right. They know they're doing the wrong thing. And it's and it creates a tension in their heart. And um, 
I tell you, one of my favorite scenes, and it, this isn't really like a spoiler, but one of my favorite scenes is when, so Russ Buffalino is basically the mentor of Robert uh, De Niro's character, um, Frank Sheeran. And on Frank's birthday, Russ gives him a ring. And there's this, mo- this moment of friendship between them where Russ is basically saying, there's only really three rings like this that exists in the world, and I'm giving you one of them. And it's you could tell there's this like fatherly, I don't know, it's really powerful, like for a man, it's yeah, really powerful to look next? at. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, I don't know if we... Well, that's a lesson, That's a lesson, man. Because sometimes when people work to make you real part of something, they're going to ask you to do something real hard to earn it. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. But, um, no, but it just, it just, it's just a reminder that, like, you know, like you said, you're not in a hurry to, to pile on to people who make mistakes. Um, I think the older I, think I get... Listen, there, there are politicians that I can't stand. There are sports figures that I don't agree with their politics or I don't agree with their worldview. There are there are any number of people that I don't agree with and, and I and that drive me nuts. But the older I get, dude, the more I realize, man, nobody's all bad. Like, dude, look. Nobody's if all you bad. You find yourself as part of one of these angry mobs running around, it's a pretty good in- in- indication that you're a sheep. Yeah. That's the truth. Absolutely. Like if you find yourself in the middle of a fucking, you know, torch and pitchforks and we're fucking getting them let's go get them if you find yourself in that and you're like commenting on people's shit with that and you've got that mob mentality you're sheep yeah it's the truth now i'm not saying there isn't times where people are wrong and you're gonna say they're wrong but just just to be in it to be in it you're fucking sheep yeah no i'm saying i agree but it's it's kind of the paradox of of what it means to be human uh and I'm talking either way. Like, no, no, I, I get it. Well, I mean, a perfect example, of, we've already talked about it, I think. Maybe we never talked about this. But that big flap recently where Ellen went to a, a game with George W. Bush, and people are like, ah, I can't believe that Ellen's friend with George W. Bush, and George W. Bush is friends with Ellen. And they're going crazy, and like all the like really radical gay people are like, he's a conservative Republican. How could you dare be friends with the enemy? And, of course, all the radical Christian conservatives are like, George how could you be friends with a, a lesbian? You know, and it's like, Dude, you people are nuts. They're, You're insane. Look, You man, honestly don't think that we can recognize the differences that we have? It's lack of awareness. It is. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't teach you that shit. They don't yeah. teach people to become aware. You know, just because you accept someone for who they are doesn't mean you have to, that you have to agree with everything they do or say. You know, we have this thing in society right now where, like, if you don't agree with the way someone lives, you got to hate them. That's just not, that's not right. You know what I mean? Oh, like, there's a lot of people I'm friends with. Well, I, I don't agree with everything they do. I mean, honestly, a lot of people. Like, yeah. a lot of my friends. Yeah. They're actually the most interesting friends I have because, you know what? We have real conversations. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, how much are you missing out on in life by just living inside your own little fucking bunker of judgment? You're not just living, you're not just missing out, dude. What you're really secretly saying is that deep down... I'm not really certain about my beliefs enough that I want to get around people that might challenge them. Yeah, that's true, man. That's what they're saying. Yeah. They're saying I'm not I'm not secure and confident that what I believe is actually true. So I'm just gonna surround myself with well, everybody fuck, who agrees man. with me. Vaughn, we don't have like look. Look, I mean, unless it's under the context of comedy, 
You really can't say anything anymore without people getting pissed. No. And even under the context of comedy, yeah, Jerry well, Seinfeld said that he what? was no longer going to go to college campuses because yeah. people were so... They're ridiculous. He, could, he can't say anything without people getting well, bent out of shape. Those people are going to have a hard time making it in real world. Yeah. Because guess what? You're going to have to work with fucking black people. You're going to have to work with white people. You're going to have to work with gay people. You're going to have to work with fucking uh, trans people. You're going to have to work with all different kinds of people. And if you can't tolerate that, then you're fucked because that's reality. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, there is a lot of people in the, in my network that don't nece- like they don't necessarily share my exact same beliefs about the world, right? Okay, cool. We can still have some beers, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can have, let's talk about it. I don't, you know, you, right. you, like, dude, I just wish people were more um, able to have real discussions without having to attack other people. You know, that's a big thing on, on social media culture, right? Like, it's not... You, how many people do you see comment like this? Hey, man, I see what you're trying to say, but I always kind of thought of it like this. What do you think about that? Like, you don't see that. Yeah. What do you see? Dude, you're a fucking asshole. Right. Fuck you. Right. You're a moron. Unfollow. Good. Yeah, right. Good. Like, thank you. See ya, bitch. Yeah. Like, I don't care. But that's the point, you know? Like, we have this culture now that can't even communicate on a, on a regular level. Yeah. Like, hey, dude, I get it. You're different. And, like, how boring would it fucking be if everybody shared the same beliefs? I mean, God. You know? Oh, I, I, I get it, man. It's exhausting. Like, it, it is, is exhausting. exhausting. It's exhausting. It is Everybody here knows what I'm talking about. Like, it's exhausting to go to a party now. Why? Because you're going to have those two fucking drunk motherfuckers that think they know everything about everything pushing their shit onto you the whole time. It happens every time. It does. Every fucking... You know why I stay at my house? Because I don't want to go out and deal with those two motherfuckers who are going to drink... You know, it's... Dude, it's Susie Mom Minivan, the person I'm talking about here. They're going to drink a gallon of fucking wine, and then they're going to tell you all about the real world when they haven't done fucking shit. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear your fucking point of view. You're a moron. Right. The other thing that they do is that they try to find, like, if you're saying something that challenges them and challenges the way they think. You're attacking they, them. Well, not just that. They, I, I'm telling you because I've dealt with this a lot. They'll try to find something about you that they find objectionable so that they can therefore disregard everything you say. Right. So for and this happens all the time. I'm I'm, I, I'm I learning. I don't know what you're talking about. This happens to me all the time. When I, I fucking write children's books, I don't have any kids. So right. people say, Right, who the fuck you think you are? You don't have any kids. Well, you know what, motherfucker? I've raised more kids than you'll ever fucking raise. Right. Because I've raised thousands of fucking 17 to 20 year old kids inside my company. And I've had to fix all your stupid shit. <laughs> right. So yeah. I've had a pretty good, I have a pretty good perspective on how the fuck you're doing things. Right. And by the way, you're the reason I don't have any kids. Right. Because right. I don't want to have to spend all my time in the fucking, uh, what is it, the fucking uh, carpool line talking to you about the neighborhood fucking bull. I don't give a shit. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I want to talk to you. Right. Oh, well, Andy, you think you're better than everybody? No, I don't. No. I just don't want to talk to your fucking stupid ass. Right. Right. Well, I, I, I saw some girl railing on social media the other day about Plato, you know, the, the philosopher Plato. 
who's writing I you said Plato. No, I'm like Plato. Break it, break it the fuck out, so, man. So the philosopher Plato, who's, snakes. who's so many of his, <laughs> <laughs> so many of his writings are like foundational to the ideals of Western culture and government and and philosophy and all this. But you know what she was saying? Oh, he's a misogynist because in one passage he said that a man should rule over a woman. Okay, so here's here's the reality. So he was wrong on that point. It doesn't make everything he said suspect. But I did a little research, and that's what's happening. On college campuses, you have feminist professors who are basically saying, oh, Plato's a misogynist. We, we can't listen to anything he said because I don't he, really he hated under- women. I don't understand the whole feminist thing, to be completely honest. Like, I don't really... I've tried to, I've tried to ask about it, and the responses I get are so... Out, I can't grasp it because they always say the same thing. We're for women. Okay, I'm for women too. Yeah. Like, I guess I I'm a women. feminist. Like, I don't. I, don't I love fuck. women more than men. Like, I don't love men. I do. I do love women more than men. You know, no offense, guys. But, like, let's be fucking real, man. Like, yeah. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, finding one thing objectionable. Well, it's like. We do it all the time, you know. The, I'm sorry, I'm I'm picking on the left because this is the left is responsible for this, but it's like the professor, the university professors, are the talking heads. They find out that like one of our presidents, you know, owned slaves, or or one of them was, you know, fill in the blank, and so Bro. suddenly, suddenly, we say because of that, everything about this person is suspect. Everything about this person should be rejected. Bro. And I just think it's ridiculous. Bro, I live in Ulysses S. Grant's fucking house. Yeah. The motherfucker owned a couple slaves. Yeah. Then he freed them. Right? Right. Then he went on and fucking won the Civil War for the North, which freed <laughs> right. all slaves. Right. But there's probably somebody <laughs> who... Dude, that, every, that time fuck, every time someone hears that, they go, on, they go on Wikipedia and they say, did you know he owned fucking slaves? I'm like, did you know he freed them all? <laughs> yeah, like, what right. the fuck? Right. You know, like, sometimes people do shit and they realize, holy fuck, this isn't a good idea. Right. And here's what even further point is. Sometimes you got to do that shit that's not a good idea to know it's a bad idea. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, dude, people... I don't even fucking get this line of thinking. Or... Sometimes you're just part of a time period or society where people just didn't know. And I always laugh. Well, I'm just saying, like, should you fucking discount everything else the man did? Because when he was in, when he they was younger. They would say yes. And that's what I'm saying. So like, wait, wait, wait. So how can you do that? Like, how can you look at someone and say, they, this dude owned slaves in his 20s. Then he freed them all. But he's a piece of shit. Right. How do you know that he just wasn't brought up to fucking think that and then had a realization that, holy shit, this isn't right? Yeah. And then decided to do good with it, which is exactly what the fuck happened. Dude, this is what's so weird about modern society. I'll tell you exactly how you do that. And it happens on the far right with really, really fundamentalist Christian conservatives. And it also happens on the far left with the social justice warriors. And it happens on all sorts of different segments of society where people have very, very strong views on something. You know what happens? They are so myopic in how they see the world that they, they, they see everything through their cause. And they, see, they look at some person and they say, that person disagrees with, some, with something I believe. And they aren't, they, I hate this because it's an overused phrase, but they aren't self-aware enough to know, you know what? I could be wrong about some things. 
I could I could do, be doing things that really, in hindsight, are really horrible things. They don't have the humility the poor- to, to to say to themselves, you know what? But what it is, it's self righteousness, and it's ironic because it happens. The social justice. What's warriors the fuck? Do- what does the Bible say about this? Oh, God opposes, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. It, no, it says this. What did Jesus say about throwing stones? Oh, let he who is sinful cast the first stone. All right. Yeah. People yeah. don't listen to that. No, they don't. They don't. And and by the way, because I think it's important to make this this statement, because people, and I know you weren't doing it, but people do this. People take that that passage in Scripture, and they they then conclude that you can never speak truth to somebody. No. No, you can. Truth you is can't, love. You just can't do it in a way that says, I condemn you, you're worthless, yeah. you can't, you're a piece of crap. You can't bury people's lives because they made a fucking mistake. Right. That isn't, like, like, dude, look, I know that's contradictory to what I'm saying about, like, when someone hurts someone, you fucking hurt them back. I believe in that. But I also believe that there's very few mistakes that should be life-ending, and that's what people want. They want to they want to take the exception to someone's life and they want to fucking bury him with it. That is not okay. It's not okay. And that's and that, you know, dude, I have people here that work in my building who have been in prison. Okay? They've been in prison. They're felons. I hire them. You know why I hire them? Because I believe that there's fucking why should someone not be able to work because they made a fucking mistake? When they were 20 years old. That's not okay. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. That's and the point of prison. Like, the motherfucker paid his fucking dues. He deserves a second chance if he's a good person. You know? And too many people are not willing to do that. Like, dude, you know how hard it is for a fucking felon to get a job? It's hard. It is. Hard. Hard. But some of these dudes just made stupid mistakes, man. Not all of these guys are like hardened criminals that like ran a fucking cartel and shit. And like, it, it, it's just, dude, we just need a little bit more. We just need to step back as a society and say, hey, man, all right. Am I perfect? No, I made mistakes. I've done shit. Like, would I want my shit to be posted out on social media like that? No, I wouldn't. So let's not do that. You know what I'm saying? Like if we have an, if I don't agree with something you said or something you do, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna respectfully address it. It's interesting because what I feel like this conversation is saying is that we need to all as a society learn how to how and when to hold people accountable, and how and when to give people a break. You know, like that's it. That's it. That's a tension that's it's kind of hard. Oh, there's you no know? black and white. What's that? There's no black and white to it. It's a gray. It's a gray. It's it's a nuance. You know what I'm saying? It right. takes a little bit of a a little bit of finesse to, to negotiate those things, and people don't understand that. They want everything to be yes or no. But when they look inside their own lives at their own actions, very few of your own actions or thoughts are yes or no. There's a lot of different things in between that go into those things, and people forget that, right? Um, and ultimately, yes, I agree that people should be in control of their bodies and their minds, and, their, and but that's a process as well, and it takes awareness. And so what we're talking about here is really just lack of awareness on fucking everybody, you know? And I don't know. I think people. I think people are getting tired of it. I think just like us, like we're talking right now. Yeah. The more and more I talk to people, the more and more people are just so sick of this shit that we're getting fed and getting forced down our throats. You know, you go around the re- the real world. There's not. There's not like this crazy fucking tension between everybody. 
It's not real. It's just fake. It's fake shit. They want you to believe so that you watch. Right. You know, and <clears throat> it's sad because, dude, it's hurting people. It's hurting society. It's hurting culture, and it's making. Um, I don't know. It's making people feel like they're really suffocating because, like, now you can't even express yourself unless you're expressing yourself under a certain narrative that fits the media's narrative. And if you don't express yourself in that narrative, then all of a sudden you're the devil and they're going to use their power to flex on you. And And this goes from traditional media, social media, you know, it's that whole mob mentality. You know what I mean? Right. It's, dude, it happened to me. Um, it's happened to me before on social where people have, you know, I said something on the podcast, the old podcast, or I said something uh, in a status or a story and then you know somebody takes it to their little focus group way over here and then they get all their friends to come over and fucking trap like dude fuck off with that shit like that shit is over nobody's scared of that shit no more you know what i'm saying i i agree i think more and more people are just going to say like listen if people are going to get up in arms about everything then i'm not going to really worry about what i say you know what I'm that's saying? That's right. Yeah. I think I think more and more you're going to have Well, that's a that's a big part of why we're even doing this show. Yeah. Because I when we were doing the old show under the business context, I would say certain things and I'd have people fucking hit me up and be like, "Well, I don't really agree that that's how you should be living." Well, you know what? I don't give a fuck how you think I should be living. I don't really care. I'm doing what I think is best and I I suggest that you do the same. You know what I mean? And in business people do this shit where they try to leverage you. Oh, well, I won't be a cuss. Okay. Don't be a customer. I don't give a fuck. The ones who are here, yes, I love you. If you're not going to be that, cool. I respect that too. But that, I'm not a role model for your fucking kids, man. I might write some kids' books because I have some shit to say, but that doesn't mean they should be doing everything I fucking do, and I wouldn't want them to. I don't want these kids to talk like I talk. I can't help the way I talk. Yes, I could improve the way I talk if I want to. When I'm around your mother and your grandmother, I don't, I'll, I'll keep my mouth <laughs> clean. I'm capable of that, but you know what? This is who the fuck I am. Right. That's how I speak. And any motherfucker that'll tell you in real life that that's how I am. It's how I speak when I'm on stage. It's how I speak here, and it's how I speak at home. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, it's people that don't understand that there's always a context to things. If somebody were to ask me, "Do you believe in the Bible?" I'd say yes. But there's stories in the Bible I'm not going to read my kids right now because they're not old enough for it. So you mean like Revelations? Yeah. And scare right. the shit out of them? Yeah, right, Dude, when exactly. I was like old enough, when I learned how to read, I went right to Revelations. Yeah, man. That, I'm like, dude, hey. check this shit out. Yeah. But I mean, there's there's some pretty graphic stories in the Old Testament. You know what got me to read it? The movie Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Do you know I, when they're t- when they're they're going across the bridge in the car and uh, yeah. one of the dudes is like, it's revelations when the blood turn the yeah. moon turns to blood, and I'm like, damn, I got to read about this shit. Yeah, yeah. I went and opened it up, man. I read that shit. It was the first thing I ever read in the Bible. Uh, fun fact that most uh, pastors know. Does that make me fucked up? No, it doesn't. Oh. But fun fact that most pastors know: if you really want to draw a crowd, preach on Revelation. Because everybody it. wants to come listen to what yeah. Revelation has to say. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It it's is like crazy. the craziest, <laughs> craziest fucking zombie movie ever. Yeah, it's apocalyptic <laughs> literature for sure. Yeah. It's, it's it's a hard one to understand, but. Um, no man, I um, I don't know. Um, let's talk about without giving away too much. Well, let's talk about the ending of that movie. Okay, what yeah. about it? Well, um, you had two guys that did some pretty horrible things, and I think the implication is that they they ended okay. They ended well. Um, kind of made their peace with God, type of thing. Hey man. <clears throat> Look, 
This is why core values is so important. Yeah. Right? Like, you have to know what you stand for. And you have to know what you believe. And you have to know who you are and what you're willing to do and not do. And at the end of the day, if you've lived a life that's congruent with those, and it's not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have to be society's rules. It could be your rules. You know what I mean? Now, you, now if you go out and break the law, you're going to have to pay the consequences. But there's lots of people that don't even understand the idea of having a value system drive their actions. They're just kind of running around like crazy. So, I don't know. The way I took the end was like, hey, man, this dude lived his code. He lived what was – it may not have been – the police's code, it may not have been the United States code, and it certainly wasn't. But he lived true to himself. And at the end, I think that's why he found peace. You know, and that's what we talk about, right? Like in society right now, living true to yourself. People don't know what that means. Like, what do you think that means? Well, I think in the movie, there's. Def- dude, I'll say this, bro. You know why I got tired of doing the whole podcast? Because I felt like I wasn't being true to myself. That's the truth. I felt every time I sat down, I felt like I was saying things I already said. I felt like I was doing it for really my own ego at that point. If I had continued to do it, it definitely would have been that. Um, and that's that's not what's important. You know what I mean? What's important is I feel the need to contribute. Now, once I don't contribute anymore, then I will pull myself out of that game. So. I feel like I contributed as much as I could in that space. And now we can I can be more true to myself. So when I'm sitting here talking as Andy, not as the MF CEO, I'm happier. Even though I know for sure there's going to be a lot more people that are like, fuck you, Andy, because of the things that we're talking about. But uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know? No, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess, I, you know, I feel like... At the end of the movie, there was some recognition on the part of both of those guys that they hadn't done everything right. You know what I'm saying? I I think I think um, they knew that the whole time. Oh, I think they knew it, yeah. but I think I think that's part of the reason I think that they were at peace at the end. That they just kind of came to the conclusion they they realized that they had done some wrong and yeah. they, were, they were owning up to it. Yeah. Um, but I think what 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 I thought. Here's where my mind went, is that I've met some people over the course of my life who their whole life, you know, from the standards of, you know, religion or whatever, they would say that they did everything right. They followed all the Ten Commandments. They, you know, were squeaky clean little people, and they were, you know, button-up shirts and sweater vests and had their hair parted on the side, and they just never did anything wrong. And I, I feel like those kinds of people look at guys like that, and they go... Wait a minute. They were a gangster. They killed people. They did horrible things. They shouldn't end their life in peace like that. They shouldn't they shouldn't be they sh- they should be in jail like rotten away. They should be killed by firing squad or whatever. And what I what I say is I say no, I I think God is really merciful. Like I think he's really gracious. I mean, that's the whole point. That's the message I like to communicate with my life is that when we recognize that, when we humble ourselves, and when we recognize that we haven't done anything, everything right, uh, there's forgiveness, and there's redemption, 
And that's kind of what I saw at the end there, is I saw those guys go, yeah, I kind of royally screwed up. Well, don't you think that setting yourself up against a standard that is unachievable in terms of quote-unquote holiness is a reflection of an inflated ego in the first place? I think so. I think the people that I think the people that are really, uh, we'll use the word holiness. I think the people who are really you know what holy. I'm saying. Yeah, no, no. But I think I think there's a difference between people people who seek to be quote unquote holy just because they want to look good to other people, and Dude. they want. And then there's the people who seek to cultivate virtue and holiness in their life simply because they love God and they love other people. You know, I mean, that's that's really what the scripture says. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so the people who are truly holy are the ones who are loving, and, and they're motivated by love. They're not motivated just to look good to other people. Well, and you, you know can tell saying? the difference. Or to feel good about you themselves. You can tell the difference because the people who are trying to look good are the people who are also judging most people for not being as holy as them. Oh, 100%. They're the ones sliding yeah, into my DMs telling me yeah. what that's like that screenshot I shared with you yeah. last week where yeah. I, I, you know, like the guy's so fucking stupid, he doesn't realize that the whole MFCEO project is based around fucking the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like the lessons in there are biblical. They're just in a real way. Yeah. Like they, he missed the whole point. Yeah, well, I'm guessing he, yeah, he, but what did made he say? some assumptions about you. Oh yeah, bro. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. What's your intention behind all of that? Blah, blah, blah. You're rich. You yeah. blah, 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 blah. like, dude. You know what, man? You know what the what the fuck is the Ten Commandments? Thou shalt not judge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I tell you what, you man. To be Again, in my DMs telling me what how much I do. Like he he was like, well, what do you do for this person, or what do you do for that person, or what? It's like that's really none of your business. Like, why don't you worry about yourself? Right. You know. Right. Because a real a real person, they'll accept you. You know, Jesus fucking hung out with prostitutes, bro. Like, you know, he hung out with people who were criminals. Yeah, for sure. He didn't condemn them for the life they live. What he did was he tried to show them through his own life a different way. Right. You see what I'm saying? And that was, well, think about but it. But that's though. hard work. It is hard work. That's hard work. It's hard work to show people with your life. What the Bible and what those that set of values is supposed to be, it's much easier to point your finger and say, look at, look at you. You're not as good as me. Right. It's a lot easier to do no, that. No, it's, it's a lot easier. And listen, dude, I mean, it's, it's again, you know, way back when we started the other podcast, which we're not going to talk about the other podcast a lot, just like you don't talk about your old girlfriend a lot, but, uh, but way back... When we first started, you know, you were the one who started calling me the pastor of disaster. I never really made a big deal about it. Um, I wasn't going to make a big deal about it, mostly because, dude, I'm, I'm, I've always been kind of really sober-minded and kind of scared about holding myself up as some sort of spiritual role model. And it's because the older I get, the more I, the more I understand. Like, I, frankly, I don't get people who spend all their time pointing fingers at other people because I'm like. I know I am so aware of my own shortcomings and my own failures. Like, I got to take care of my own stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a whole nother topic, brother. Yeah. Like, that's a whole nother topic. Like, by the way, that's not to say I do believe there is a place for calling people to up their game. And I think there's a, there's yeah, a place. Yeah, but there's a way to do it. But you're right. There's, there's a, way a way to, to do, do it. it. Instead of saying, explain yourself to me like you're the fucking Inquisition. Right. How about this? 
How about, hey, man, I really appreciate what you do, and I think you're doing a lot of good. Have you ever thought about these and yeah. these things, or what's your take on that? Yeah. Like, isn't that a more reasonable way to communicate? Yeah. Then I'm saying, and then instead of me saying, <laughs> instead of me screenshotting it, sending it to all my friends and saying, look at this dumb motherfucker, right. I'm actually responding back and saying, well, you know what, brother? Here's what I think. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Asking questions. <laughs> That's it. Uh, by the way, uh, you, you're not going to be surprised to know that if you, if you looked at the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you, and you highlighted all the verses where Jesus is asking questions— how many curse words are in there? Uh, not too many. Maybe ass. There's a few though, right? Scubula. Scubula. No, that's Scubula? in that's in the that's in Paul's letter to the Philippians. Scubula. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's bullshit, right? It means yeah. It's a, it's a slang term. It's a colloquial reference to feces. Yeah. So, uh, but so you uh, don't want one of them Scubula sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> no. I made but, a few uh, of those in my life. Yeah. Uh, there's another great. Well. We won't get off on that tangent. It's gonna start that hashtag scubula sandwich. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, um, no. But if you if you go through the the hey, uh, how funny are we today? Make sure oh, you talk know. about it. I don't know. We've been funny in different. Yeah, talk parts. about it. Yeah, that's true. Tell everybody we're gonna be funny. We're gonna be super funny. All right. Yeah, we're super humorous. Um, no, but if you go, if you go through the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you you highlight all the times that Jesus actually asked people questions. It's literally dozens and dozens of times, <laughs> like. That's, I think, the key of anybody who really wants to influence and make an impact on people. Listen. Ask questions. Doesn't mean that there won't be a time for you to drop the truth on them, because obviously right. we drop the truth on of people. Course. But you got to listen. you got to figure out where they're coming from, because how can you even talk to people if you don't know where they're coming from? Yeah. So, no, man, I... I, I, well, I think uh, people, I think people even, like, I could tell you for me, I'm just, because I'm me, and I can only talk, speak for me, but I could tell you. But lots of people completely misunderstand the context of what I'm about. Yeah. Completely missed it. Yeah. They think, like, when I post shit, I'm doing it to flex. And I am a little bit. Let's be real. But the truth is, is that I'm actually trying to show people that a stupid motherfucker like myself can actually build something kind of cool if you're willing to pay for it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like... People just don't, I guess you said it, man. They just don't fucking listen or think. They don't. They're so quick to jump in. Everybody wants to talk. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And I, tell me, I tell you what, that little clown circus in the entrepreneur space is full of that shit. Oh, my God. Like, dude, I can't even. It's just an ego fest is what it's turned into. You know, who can yell the loudest? Who could say the most catchy shit? You know, that's not even catchy, like, no. you know, and who could speak the most confusing shit to people that makes them ask questions so they get more engaged? Like, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know, hey, let me confuse people so I can get more engagement on my post. Let me say what people, let me say what people are hot on right now so I can get more engagement on my post. <laughs> right. You got motherfuckers who have never even built something from zero telling everybody how they should do it when they don't even fucking know. You know, it's just it's just a joke. It's a fucking joke. I'm glad we're not doing that. I agree. Well, this is going to be fun, especially since, you know, I think the other thing that uh, that I like about the way that we do things, um, I don't think the people that you just referred to, the circus, when they make a genuine bona fide mistake, they don't they don't admit it. Oh, they dude, it's because their egos are too big. Yeah, and uh, I remember about a year ago, I said something offhand. 
in the podcast, and it was factually untrue about something the Bible teaches. I had I just misspoke. Yeah. And somebody really took me on on that, and I think they expected me to like dig in and defend. And I was like, Oh, dude, you're right. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. I'm not pulling. Dude, it down. I had a dude. I had a dude. Like, I had a guy we both know reach out to me yesterday in DMs, and he said, Hey, man, I watched your story. Let me tell you how why you're wrong. And I read it. And at the end of it, I thought about it for a minute, and I just responded back. I said, you're absolutely right. Thank you. Yeah. Because he was. Yeah. <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying? People, like, people don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Like, Oh, no. You want to fuck, like, dude, I'll give you a little hint, guys. You want to, this was a genuine person who I really appreciate their feedback. But you want to fucking fuck with people? Just agree with them. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, no, dude you're you right. want people to fucking stop hating on you or talking shit to you? Just agree with them and forget about it. Like you'll save so much energy. You're right, dude. Your aunt, your aunt Linda, at fucking Christmas time, telling you you're a dumbass for starting a business. You know what, Aunt Linda? You're probably right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> then, People then, just do not yeah, know what to do. Then with hand that. her a fucking glass of wine and tell her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, dude, it's just it's. Come on, man. What else is going on in the world, bro? Because I don't really even know. I've had my head fucking down. Well, I don't know if this is what you were referring to, but. Alabama lost again. Did they? They did. Who to who? They lost to. Um, was it LSU? Think, was it LSU? Well, they lost to LSU, and then they lost to somebody else recently. So they've got two losses. I forget who they lost. Oh, Auburn. They lost to Auburn. So. Oh. Yeah, man. So now everybody's ever- now everybody's gonna be like Nick Saban. Fire him! Fire him! Yeah, he's a fuck. fraud. That's a whole nother thing. How no, but you, it's true. Dude, how many of these dumb fucking athletic directors out there are firing coaches because they lost one or two games? Yeah. And it's like, bro, you, you don't realize what you have. Like, yeah. you got a fucking Clydesdale there, yeah. and you just trade him in for a fucking donkey. Yeah. You know, because you because the press was putting pressure on you? Fuck the press. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I actually sort of have a longstanding appreciation and respect for the University of Nebraska, their football program. But way back in what, like 2000 or 1999, I forget when, they fired Frank Solich for going 9-3. and three Yeah, now and, look at him. And, right. And literally, I mean, they had some good years under Bo Pelini for a little while, but basically Marginal, Nebraska's never good. been the same. No. Ever. So it's always interesting to, uh, some, you know, to your point, karma. Yeah, that's right. I mean, to some extent. You, don't you know fire. what? People I'm would, sorry. You don't fire a nine and three coach, even if you're at a place like Nebraska. You don't. I, I don't. I, you know what? I don't think so. I, not on. Not on his. I mean, if he did something outside of the code of ethics or well, what right, expect, right, yeah. right. But, but I mean, like performance. No, no. Yeah. Not in today's day and age. We're we're that's just people entitled. College football. That's entitlement. Is, right. We're entitled to fucking be undefeated every single year. Right. No, you're not. Right. That's why we compete. Sometimes you execute. Sometimes you don't. I don't see that how that, you know, now if you have a coach who was undefeated for seven years in a row and then they went fucking, um, you know, two and fucking 11, now we're talking a different story. What's going on? You smoking crack, bro? Like, you know what I mean? You better start drug testing people. But I'm just saying, people are fucking crazy. Exactly. Now, I will say, uh, I don't want to assume. What is this? We're we're talking about common sense here. We're talking about the lack. We're talking about an absence of logic. Like, where the fuck is the logic? There is none. What is this? We live in this highly emotional, crazy world that is just like, 
it's insane. Right. It, and people are depressed. They're fucking killing themselves. They're killing other motherfuckers. Like, dude, insert a little bit of logic. Like, if you do this, this is going to happen. <laughs> if you don't do this, this is going to happen. Like, it's real simple. Right. People just make it so, so emotional and crazy. And it's just, dude, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. But hopefully people will uh, continue to tune in and get a little break from the craziness by listening to us. Yeah, where are we at anyway? Well, you're crazy. Well, fuck yeah, I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm a little crazy. Oh, yeah, you're so crazy, bro. I am. That's that's You're so crazy. I'm, I'm a You baller. got arrested one time, bro. I did. I did. You got, I got arrested. arrested. I got arrested. Why don't you tell people what you got arrested for, you fucking wild animal? Well, I'm actually wearing, I'm currently wearing a cream-colored... Uh, you're wearing the same outfit. Pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close. I'm wearing, I don't know what, what, if you would call this a turtleneck or not, but it's something like, it's like a little cream-colored hoodie, ribbed hoodie. Yeah. Ribbed. Super sharp. Like that. Yeah. Ribbed. It's ribbed. Rib sweaters are coming back, by the way. Are they? Yeah, they are. At least among women. I wouldn't know. I only wear free shit yeah, for my own company. <laughs> anyway, no. Um, so back in like 2000, I don't know. Is this too embarrassing for you to tell? Six? No. No, I got arrested. Yeah. I got arrested. Fucking hardcore. Of, yeah. What do we call you now? Hard, hard, the hardcore, the pastor of- uh, Pastor of the pen? Pastor of the pen. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got arrested. I was uh, I was on my day off Thursday. This was back when I was a pastor, and and uh, police officer from the RCPD came to my door and said, "Who do we have here?" And I said, "Vaughn Kohler." And he said, "I'm going to have to ask you to step outside." So I did. He said, "Sir, I have to place you under arrest." And apparently, I looked terrified because I thought, you know, thought they found the bodies. I, I thought they found the bodies. Yeah, yeah. the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. Anyway, is that how that line goes? Bro, just keep going. Okay, anyway, uh, so he kind of, I don't know, I thought I would have been falsely accused or something, but he said, hey, don't worry about it. You didn't pay a parking ticket. <laughs> so, you're so, I'm so like, dude, let me, let you're me, kidding so me. So how many bologna sandwiches did you get in jail? <laughs> did you eat bologna? Well, it was a rural penitentiary, so. So what are they serve in there? Uh, biscuits and gravy? Yeah, biscuits and gravy. Yeah. Or, so dude, like when you were out beans. in the yard, like yeah. what gang did you join? Oh, man. Well, so so I, so I they took me to, down to the pen and I said, well, wait a minute. So I like I literally have to go to the... He said, yeah, you didn't pay it, and this is a warrant sweep, and so you have to come down be arrested. Did they get to, Did you have to like take off your belt and your shoes and all that I shit? I had to do all that. And did I had you put to the take, orange jumper on? I, no, I didn't have to put the orange jumper on, but I had to go through the whole... They call it processing, yeah, yeah. you know? And so uh, I was taking all the stuff, stuff out of my pockets and... and uh, I don't, you know, I had just all the all the I, guns and I stuff. I had all the guns, yeah. and I had I had all the the the, the wads of cash and yeah. stuff. And yeah, the Your what do you call it? The brass knuckles and yeah, stuff. I got it. You know, yeah. so, so you're laying uh, all this shit out on the table. What, right? Where do they? It's they're crazy. just like, oh, it's cool because no, you're, no, no. You're so the guy the guy looks at me and he says, okay, name, and I said name. And he goes, kind of looks, acts like he knows me. He goes, profession, and I said. Pastor, he, <laughs> he burst into laughter. He's like, "I knew I recognized you." He's no like, bullshit. No, he did. He this did. Is, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It was a lieutenant from. Uh, this guy went to your I church. I got another story. Yeah, oh yeah my no, God, no. But, 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 but uh, he goes, he goes. I thought that was you, Pastor Vaughn. And he goes, "Well, go start your prison ministry." So, uh, <laughs> so I went in there literally for the whole afternoon. I sat on a bench with the other offenders, and I literally sat there and like, <laughs> I was dressed in stonewashed jeans and a and a cream. Uh, colored rib turtleneck from the Gap, and I had to wait to get because I was in a line. I had to wait to get my uh, my mug shot taken. And there were these guys, and there and this guy next to me. I kid you not, this is exactly how it worked. He goes, "Hey man, what'd they get you for?" 
and I go, so I made something up and I said, well, have you ever gone to like those places like where they have, you know, deep caverns, you know, like Merrimack caverns in Missouri? I thought you were going to say like quarters and you watch porn or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he's like. like I, you probably asked to do for some quarters. No, no. I told him, I said, you know, like that place Merrimack cavern where it has a deep cavern? He's like, yeah. I go, you know how they have those things that hang from the, from the ceiling? Like they're, they're millions of years old and they're like stalagmites or stalactites. He's like, yeah, I go. I broke one of those off on purpose. <laughs> and he's like, that's messed up. <laughs> You're so full of shit. No, I told him that. He's like, dude, that's messed up. And uh, <laughs> and I go, no, I'm just kidding. He goes, seriously, what'd you get in here? I said, I didn't pay a parking ticket. He goes, no way. Nobody believed me. And I go, no, I'm serious. And I said, what did you get? I said, what did you get arrested for? And he said, I borrowed a car. <laughs> I go, you car. borrowed one? He goes, yeah, man, check this crap out. He didn't say crap. But um, he said, check this out. He said, I rented from Enterprise Rental, and I returned it, but I returned it late. So they threw me into jail. And I go, well, what? how late did Dude, you Dude, I stole a car it? from Enterprise one time. He's like, I rent, he says, he says, I rented it. I, I, had, I, re- I returned it, but I returned it three months late. And I'm like. I kind of did that. I, I really? But I didn't get arrested. So I, so I go. So I go, yeah. So what happened? He goes, well, when I returned it, they wanted me to pay for those three months. And I'm like, <laughs> shocking. Absolutely shocking. That's not actually stealing. Right. I actually stole the car from Well, that's price. funny. But Let me explain yeah. to you how. This yeah. is actually a really good story. So we flew to Denver to go on a ski trip. My dad and everybody here, like a bunch of the dudes from work here. This is like three, four years ago. Yeah. And we flew to Denver. And on the day that we were supposed to leave, it like blizzarded out. And so it, it snowed like three feet, all right? So I woke up in the morning, and I saw the weather, and it was like crazy snow for two days. And I fucking looked at everybody, and I'm like, hey, we had two Suburbans that we rented from Enterprise uh, in Denver. We had two Suburbans, and, and uh, I said, look, guys, here's, here's the deal. We can either go to the airport and sit there for three days because it's going to be closed, or... We're fucking driving back to St. Louis right now. And everybody was like, we're driving back to St. Louis right now, except my dad. So so my dad was like, I'm I'm not doing that. Uh, and I'm like, all right, well, who else is going? So like everybody else wanted to go. And he, he starts like throwing a fit. I'm like, well, you better get in the car or you'll fucking stay here. So he gets in the car. So we're driving. This is, this is actually a crazy ass story. It's like not crazy, but just funny so you know, weed is legal in in colorado right so fucking we're driving down uh we're driving i'm speeding because it's like just starting to snow i'm trying to get through the snow until we we get through it so we can not get caught in it right so we're driving pretty fast and we're both driving matching suburbans so there's they're white both white suburbans so i'm driving like 90 and then my buddy scott is driving behind me uh, at like, I don't know, like four or five car lengths behind me. So he he had some weed on him from that he bought at one of the weed stores there in Denver or wherever we were skiing, right? So we're fucking going through the, the we're going through the, the Eisenhower tunnel and there's a cop and I passed the cop, all right? And he's like, looks up, he sees me speeding, he flips on his lights, and while he's like doing his seat, the seatbelt or whatever, Scott follows me. So, so the cop didn't realize that there was two different cars, 
You see what I'm saying? So he thought, so he goes and pulls Scott over thinking it was me that went by him because it was the same car. So Scott Scott throws his fucking weed out the window, okay? And the cop sees it. The cop sees him do it. So This happened recently? Yeah, it's like three years ago. So fucking... The cop pulls Scott over, and I see that he got pulled over, but I ca- I went up the road a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah? That's your so, friend. <laughs> so the cop picks up the fucking weed and fucking brings it back to the window. He's like, here you go, sir. You dropped something out your window. Because <laughs> it's fucking legal, you know what I'm saying? That's so hilarious. So then, dude, we fucking, uh, the cop was cool, and I think he wrote him a, like a speeding ticket oh, or something, fine. which he didn't even do because it was me. So then we... We drove back to St. Louis in these cars that were from fucking Enterprise Airport in Denver. We drove them all the way to St. Louis and basically stole them from the Enterprise. We took them, we took them there, and I, I dropped them off at the Enterprise up here on Lindbergh. And uh, my brother-in-law actually worked there, so I fucking called him, and I'm like, hey, bro, I did this thing. <laughs> I need you to fucking handle it. <laughs> so, dude, he figured, out, he figured it out, and we had to pay like a couple grand or something to to make it right, but dude, sometimes you gotta steal a car. <laughs> sometimes you gotta steal a car. Sometimes you gotta throw your weed out the window when it's legal. <laughs> like sometimes funny. old habits don't die. <laughs> I tell you, so one more, one more. So I am. Uh, this is bad. I so I I I occasionally socially drink, but I don't drink too much. You oh, know? you fucking liar! No, I know you, you're true. the one. You're the one that says you did 31 shots. Well, I did, and like, I actually prove. I'm gonna prove that at, at some point. How? I'm you can only drink like four shots. So how, how are you gonna get 31? No, no, no. I'm gonna actually produce the evidence of the girl that was with me no. when I when I drank 31 shots. No, that's... Yeah. But anyway, regardless. So prior to actually drinking on a regular basis at all, I was at uh I was at at uh, at the bar one time in Manhattan, Kansas, in, in Aggieville, and you guys gonna laugh at me, but when I first started experimenting with alcohol, I just drank the Fruity Girl drinks, you know, like yeah. the Fuzzy Navel and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I drank a little bit too much. I didn't drink, you know, a ton. I wasn't drunk, but I drank a little too much. But I only live like a couple of blocks away from home, so I thought I think I'm fine. This isn't impairing my ability to. By the way, don't do this at home, okay? But this isn't impairing my ability, so no big deal. So I hop in my car. And I'm driving home. Sure enough, cop pulls, you know, yeah. pulls behind me, pulls pulls me over. This is in Manhattan, Kansas. This is the second time you got arrested, right? Well, I'm like, oh crap. I I don't know what to do because literally at that point in my life, I'd hardly ever drank at all. And now I'm like, what am I doing? Am I gonna pass a breathalyzer? I'm gonna get fired. All this horrible stuff's gonna happen. So the guy pulls. The police officer comes to the door. He says, um, "License and registration." And I say, okay, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I think I've drank too much. Of course you did. <laughs> and I just said, I promise you I never drink, but I hardly ever drink, and I drank too much, and I'm a pastor. Or no, I didn't say I was a pastor. And I said, and I just, I promise you, and I'm, I live real close. And, and I did everything that they tell you not to do, right? Yeah. So the police officer says, well, let me see your license of registration. So I hand it to him. He checks it, comes back. He says, all right, you live close? I said, yeah. He said, I want you to follow me. Okay? That was cool. Yeah. So yeah. he follows me. I get in. I pull into my driveway. I get out of the car. Or, he, uh, yeah, I get out of the car. He walks up to me, and he says, uh, 
don't you ever effing do anything like that again. I said, I won't. And he goes, and by the way, that was a great sermon last week, Pastor. You're so full of shit. <laughs> no. you making totally, that up. Totally true. Totally true. That's awesome. Yeah. He was like, that was a great sermon. Don't ever do that again. Hey, you <laughs> yeah. know what? You're good. You're you're. That's good karma. Yeah. Right. 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 You know? Well, that's the grace of God, is what it is. Yeah. Well. So, uh, I mean, anyway, you just pull out the God card to get out of your own well, trouble. Well, the huh? truth is, is I really so don't. That's how you I roll. don't know if I. Would. So, like, when you get in trouble, you just say, "Well, yeah. I'm fucking God's yeah. my boy." Yeah. Yeah. God's my boy. And it works. Right. Exactly. That's the deal. Yeah. All right. I, I, you know, or I could say, "Well, listen, as as a minister, I'm just not bound by the laws of men." You know. Yeah. I bet so, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. As well. I, that probably wouldn't have worked either. <laughs> but in any case, no. So I'm not. I'm not encouraging drinking and driving for those people out there who think I am. But uh, that was definitely at a time where I had no idea. I was so inexperienced. I mean, you know, most people start having a drink when they're, what, 16, 17? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, they do. Probably. I I never took, I never had a drop of alcohol until I was probably 24, 25, you know? And when, so, when, so how did how did the alcohol progress? Because, I mean, now you're just like this... Right on the beach. Yeah, we're, people are gonna think smoker. I hardly ever drink. In fact, I I will not be drinking. Well, when was the first time you smoked crack, bro? Yeah, smoke crack would be, bro. <laughs> I don't vote Democrat. Huh? Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, dude, no. that scene in the Wolf of Wall Street, smoke crack would be, bro. Dude, I felt dirty after I watched. That. Oh, I dude. had to take a shower. I rented a movie theater out and took my whole company. Did you really? Fucking right, That's I did. Funny. I think it's, it's one of the funniest fucking movies. Oh, I've ever it's seen it's in my life. it's got its moments. I don't know, but. Uh, no. Dude, you know what? I listen. but I'm, I'm going back. I'm kind of like you I, with when it comes to the alcohol these days. I hardly ever drink at all. Yeah. It's just I, just I don't, don't need it I anymore, bro. Good. I don't need it. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't you either. Know, you know, for me, um, w- with battling the mental issues that yeah. I have to battle um, with depression and things like that, I've just I, I've just accepted that it's just not good for me. Yeah. Because the three or four days after I drink, I feel really bad. Yeah. Uh, not hungover. I'm talking about, like, depressed. Yeah. No, yeah. And, um, I, you know, I still drink. I don't condemn drinking. It's just it's not good for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I still love to drink, and I still will. Yeah. But um, I'm more I'm more careful about when I choose to uh, indulge in the uh, the beautiful substance known as <laughs> tequila. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, my, for me it's exception, not the rule. I, occasionally, I'll 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 enjoy it, but so dude, what happens to you when you get fucked up, like in your home? Oh, you dude. run around in your underwear and shit. No, I'll tell you. Well, first of all, I don't. In all seriousness, do the, I don't. Do you do the helicopter dance? I, I can't tell you the last. Do you time know the I, helicopter? <laughs> you fucking know. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, you don't know. Every every, no, but, every dude and every chick knows what the helicopter dance is. Well, maybe I don't know what you're referring to. Yeah, you know, like whenever your dick's hanging out and you like do it in a circle, <laughs> like dude, that's like the helicopter. Dave, you fucking know you're laughing, and Tyler's laughing too. You motherfuckers know. I ain't the only one that knows That's the helicopter. Funny. That's funny. No, I'm not aware of that. Yeah, one. you just do it sober. But uh, <laughs> Dave goes, "Dog, I don't drink though." <laughs> no, I. The truth is, is that I don't. I very rarely ever. Well, I think can't, if you did, I, I honestly can't tell, tell you the last time. Get airborne I, with that motherfucker. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I drank and had got legitimately drunk. Like it's probably been. 10, 15 years. Oh, bullshit. No, no, no. Seriously. That was like four or five years ago when we were in Park ever? City, Utah. What? All right, look, I got a meeting. I got to roll. All right. So we're at the end of this, this, uh, this, this factual storytelling All right. that we're Sounds telling good. about Well, you. guys, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't connected with Andy already on social media, which some of our new guys may not have, yeah. you know? So it's at Andy Frisella, A-N-D-Y-F-R-I-S-E-L-L-A. And I am at Vaughn Kohler, V-A-U-G-H-N-K-O-H-L-E-R. Um, and check out Andy's website, 
justhisname.com. There's a lot of different things on there. It's not justhisname.com. It's andyfrisella.com. Uh, but you'll learn. You got to remember, people about, are literal. Yeah, that's true. They are. So, but uh, anyway, check that out. You'll learn a little bit more about Andy. Some of the resources that are available to you, which we're not going to go into right now, other than to say, Google seventy-five hard. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate your ears. If you thought this was a good show, if you liked it, appreciate uh, a little sherry share with your friends and family whenever you get a chance. That's all we ask. We don't run ads. We don't do all that shit. Um, and that's the reason why. So a uh, little, little good word goes a long way for us. Appreciate you guys. See you next time. Hey. Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm going to get millions. Watch this. In the project living. Damn. Spoke it till existence. Voila. I'm from where you can't trust